What's going on, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Triggered. This is Triggered episode number 272. We're here on Thursday, April 1st. It is April Fool's Day, and we got one of the funniest guys that we know here. PJ Media's senior columnist and editor of the Cruiser Morning Briefing, Stephen Cruiser. What's going on? Hey, April Fool's with a fool. That's what most people would say about me being here. I, I think that's a good tagline right there. <laughs> Too bad that what we've been living the past few months is not just one big April Fool's joke, uh, as we've we talked about on the phone a couple weeks ago. What's kind of your overall take on the state of how everything's going and how our country is basically being destroyed? Uh, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody else is like, okay, I told you that, you know, my PJ colleagues on Slack every day, they're all ready to open a vein. uh, (laughs) You're ready. You know, I had to talk you off the ledge the other day. Um, And everybody's like that right now, except me. And part of it is perspective because I'm older than all of you. Mm-hmm. And as I told you the other day, I lived through the Carter era. Okay. And that was pretty dismal. You know, you're not sitting in line for two hours to get gas right now or anything, but um, yet, not yet. <laughs> it's, uh, well, n- no, you won't be either because gas is going to be $72 a gallon. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody's going to get in great shape after, after, after everybody got out of shape because of the pandemic, everybody's going to get in great shape because it's going to be too f-ing expensive to drive anywhere. So everybody's <laughs> going to be walking or riding a bike all the time now. The real thing with me, and I discussed this last week on our live chat for the VIPs, is that I kind of welcome what's going on right now because, and most people are still pushing back with me on this, but I usually end up being right about things like this. And you'll find out in six months that I'm right again. Um, And if I'm not, I will admit it freely. The Democrats, the way that they get the worst of what they want from their agendas into law or into the public psyche is usually done piecemeal. They never come right out with something big. They sneak it in. They're Mm -hmm. real sneaky bastards. They do little things, little things, little things. And then you're like, oh, what the hell happened here? And, and you suddenly it's part of the law, part of wh- how we do things anymore. That's what they've done with the culture. That's what they've done all along. This overreach that they've been doing since Drools got into office, I love it because I don't think, I don't think most of it's going to stick. I don't think it'll play. I think, and I, they're, because, because I, and I don't want to go into like a 10 minute monologue here, but that's the first part. We can go into the rest of it later. I'll let you guys talk now. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we, we talk about it a lot here and me and Matt are obviously not happy with how things are going. I'm, I'm, I'm actually ecstatic. <laughs> classic, classic Matt right there. But one of the biggest things is the border. So, and you're, yeah. you're way closer to the border than we are. What's kind of your feel for how things are going down there and how it's going to affect, you know, Arizona and the rest of the border states alike? That's a two-parter. The first is, yeah, I'm probably going to get shot in some Sinaloa cartel crossfire here soon. (laughs) Thank God I've got an Adobe house, so it's really not going to pierce my walls or anything. But if it gets one of the windows, I'm toast. Um, (laughs) Yes, it is absolutely awful what's happening down there right now. Um, But I I think as an Arizonan and, you know, the years that I wasn't in Arizona, I was in Southern California. So I've been adjacent to this border for a long time. Most of all my life. To us, the border has always a show. Okay. So nothing has ever really gotten better with the border. This just makes it worse right now. And we're at the most poorest part of this border. It's, it's, we've got the stuff that's hardest to man, um, hardest to police. And, and, and I think that this is another one of those overreach things though. It's, so spectacularly awful and the way that the administration is handling it by doing the media blackout for such a long time mm-hmm. they're they've got some friendlies who aren't happy with them now and yeah. and they're and they're gonna and it's gonna reach a crisis point so quickly i mean many would argue it already is that something's going to have to be done and it's not going to be this like i don't think this is making a good case for the open borders crowd at all this isn't helping them so that's it's true bad. But I think something is going to have to be done soon. And even this idiot leftist administration won't be able to ignore it forever. Yeah, well, I think you're already seeing them backtrack a little bit saying, no, 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 no. Don't come. Don't come. We were just kidding. Yeah. (laughs) We have Facebook ads telling you not to come here. So (laughs) that's what we're doing. But 
Let's go on to another topic that that this administration can't ignore. No one can ignore the cruiser. Fauci, COVID, and um, have you uh, submitted your papers for your COVID passport yet? Has anyone ever checked to see if Fauci actually got a medical degree? (laughs) (laughs) Steve Green made a great point a couple of months ago. He said Fauci has been at the NIH for so long, or is he CDC? I forget which one he is. It's NIH. NIH, yes, NIH, yeah. NIH so long that he's essentially now more of a bureaucrat than a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you see that in his mindset and his attention whoring for the camera. And he's the highest else. paid. He's the highest paid in the entire government. Yeah. And the fact that the left is fetishizing him now is really creepy um, because this guy... This guy is flip-flopped more than any politician ever has. And he's, you know, he, if he were running for office right now, that's all anybody would be talking about is this constant flip-flopping. This guy, yeah. this guy walks back, you know, his, his own so often right now that he should hire someone just to do that for him. <laughs> whatever, whatever he says, whatever proclamation he makes that day, the, per, the designated um, retraction assistant begins working on it immediately. And, and, and the whole, the, the, I've been saying all along what's happening with the COVID thing is making us the new East Berlin. And that's that the, and the passport thing. Oh my God, that just made it even worse. In fact, when I first saw it, it um, mentioned, what was it last week? I said, the tattoos are coming kids, you know, and you're not supposed to make Nazi references or they'll cancel you, but yeah. (laughs) Um, It's, it, it literally is the equivalent of show me your papers. Yeah. Like it is. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, it's the East Berlin thing. It's the left. Show us your papers if you want to come here. And it's absolutely it, it's everything along the way here. And I've been saying this for a while, too, is it's not going to get any better because these petty tyrants have found ways to seize control and get into the minds of the public, especially the leftists with, you know, because they're still afraid and they're all going to be wearing masks for the rest of their lives. They found a way to seize this power that isn't rightfully theirs and they're not going to let go of it. They're not, nothing's going to get better. Nothing, we're going to get better physically from the pandemic, but nothing else is going to get better. They're going to be trying to scare everybody with variants forever now. And they're going to do the, Oh no, now we need to see your paper. It's just, none of this is going to go away. So that part I think is awful. I, well, I, I, it will go away. They're going to be people like me and all of us here who say it and go out and do whatever we want anyway. Right. Right. But, well, that's that's the one thing that is really grinding my gears is, you know, if you're vaccinated, oh, well, you still have to wear a mask and, you know, you still need to, like, be careful about social distancing and this and that. And I'm like, well, then what the f- did I get vaccinated for? Yeah, that, that's the that's one of the big things that drives me nuts. It's uh, like I've got the first vaccine. I've got the first Pfizer, which means I'm like 85. I'm already more immune than I would be to the flu if I had a flu vaccine after one right. Pfizer shot. Yeah. Cruiser, you're virtually bulletproof. I mean, Dr. Marty Makari, I mean, based on uh, Israel's Ministry of Health did a study, after one dose of the Pfizer vaccine, after four weeks, that person's virtually bulletproof from, from infection. Yeah, so I'm 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 ready to roll. And I just spent I've been to I've been to two I've been to two. I, well, I'm virtually bulletproof anyway. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> it's the T1000 over here. But. I've been, a, I've been traveling this month. I've been to a bunch of parties. I've been to like, and I've just whatever, but I just, these guys are, these guys aren't going to give up their control. And I was, you know, I've been writing about it for months, but I finally got to see it a couple of weeks ago. I went to Michigan and, you know, we've been wide open in Arizona since September. There were no mask mandates here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tried a curfew, a superior court judge threw it out. So we've been living fast and loose here. And I know everybody likes to think it's only Texas doing that. Texas has been doing it for two weeks. Shut the up and sit down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we've been doing this since September here and we never had a mask mandate. Yeah. But I go to Michigan and suddenly they've got curfews still. Uh, you walk into places by order of the governor. There's a big sign everywhere. And, and you can tell, you can tell that she's getting off on that. And, and it was just, and they've, and they've got the whole mindset there is so weird. They've got these little huts that they build around individual tables outside that these uh, yeah, yeah. little things. And I was like, how is that not a COVID Petri dish? Yeah, it's um, indoors. Yeah, yeah. It's indoors. Yeah. I mean, it's literally, you know, they, yeah. they said, oh, we can only do outside dining. And then they built structures. Yeah. yeah. So, but seeing that, seeing the mindset there still with all this by order of the governor crap, 
Oh, and then I'm getting con. We're, we have to give contact tracing information to eat lunch no. and get our temperature taken. Yeah, f- that. I'd put- I mean, that kind of stuff just doesn't happen here, but I've seen how it's going in other places. And you can tell that the tyrants at the local and state level who are enacting these rules that are probably not legal are really getting off on it. And that's what's- Oh, yeah. They it, really shows us, it really shows us the caliber of person we tend to elect to these offices, too. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we got to love- put some of the blame on the electorate here. You know who else loves it is the teachers' unions. Yeah. Well, the, the most evil- people in america totally um, agree i two mean two days ago i believe on, in the morning briefing i said that they're all headed for the ninth circle of hell um, <laughs> and for those of you who were victimized by teaching from a union teacher and didn't learn dante the ninth circle of hell is about treachery and betrayal and that's also where satan himself lives and that's where they're headed right now because they have pe- betrayed everything that they're supposed to mean for the children, everything they're supposed to be doing for the children. And these people have been skating on the whole, we're saints because we do everything for the children bullshit for years. Yeah. And at least this has exposed them for what they are. I mean, they just don't want to work. I don't get yeah. how you can not want to work, but yet still get paid. Like that's you don't just get how people who gravitate towards a job where you get three months a year off anyway and still get paid for it, don't want to work. That's true when you put it in that context. Um, yeah, yeah, really. I mean, it's true. They don't work a full year. And they're, and, they're, and they're back into a corner because now the science says it's safe to reopen. The CDC says it's safe. I think in, um, what's it called? The liberal blogger who used to be at Mother Jones, Kevin Drum, lives in Ir- he, he's from California. He noticed that in Irvine, California, they reopened the schools last September. And on March 4th, only 17 kids out of 24,000, 23,000 students got COVID. Mm-hmm. Out of the staff, it was only three out of three thousand. It's safe to reopen, but they're you know follow the science. We gotta not. Well, not there's re- been there's been data for months already that school age kids aren't spreading COVID. Right. Yeah. Well, the they're, whole they're, they're the not whole, they're not getting it. They're not spread. It's hard to spread it if you're not getting it. The whole <laughs> believe in science thing from the left is like truly one of the greatest propaganda yeah. movements i've ever seen in my life yeah, probably, yeah not to mention just off the basic fact that like that's literally not how science works yeah it's an ever-evolving thing and it's not you know settled yeah, yeah. They, oh, they, well they always said that for the global warming right right, right yeah right. that's always been for the global warming they stuff. use that for the global warming all the time now and i'm like uh actually yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah Anyone who says the science is settled doesn't really know what the definition of science is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, chemistry, guys. I mean, what, what was the edition of your of your textbook in high school for like chemistry? I think mine was like the 89th or something. Oh, yeah. They're constantly <laughs> changing They're constantly it. Changing it. <laughs> uh, I mean, especially now with things being digital. But yeah. I want to talk about your senator there, uh, Cruiser Cinema, because she has now what I consider to be the last hope against the Democrats crushing the filibuster. What are your thoughts on all that? Well, I know she's got more backbone than Joe Manchin, but um, because I've known for a long time that Manchin was a fraud. Everybody on the right who put hope in him, you know, I was still meeting people this year who were saying, do you think he'll switch parties? I said, no, he's never going to switch parties. Um, Yeah. If he he were, if he was ever going to do that, it would have been in 2012. Um, I prefer, I prefer cinema over McCain. So yeah. do I. Well, we or like I mean, it's, I mean, most Republicans here are very happy with her for the most part because she's most what she's doing for the state, which is you know it's a representative republic still, and you got to see how they're representing you. She's really pro small business, which you rarely see from a Democrat. Yeah, um, she's exceedingly pro military, and there are Democrats who support the military, but there aren't a lot who are out there being vocal about it all the time, and she's being vocal about it all the time. So if you look at her social media feed, it's not a lot of the woke bull you see from Schumer or Pelosi or any other Democrat. It's small business in Arizona. This is what I'm, and the military. This is what we're doing for the military. That's what most of her social media is. So I think right now, I told someone last week, I get the sense that this pressure on her to cave on the filibuster is probably just pissing her off. Yep. And I hope I'm right about that. I, I, I It looks like the kind where she's like, Okay, you know, because there's a contrarian bent to being in Arizona in any way. Um, mm-hmm. we, you know, we don't like anything that the feds tell us to do. And even though she's part of the 
swamp now. She's still in Arizona. And then there's a whole thing that when there, there's a lot of pressure from Washington to do something, we like to go, you, you know, we're the reason you don't have to drive 55 miles an hour anymore, you know, because we're taking <laughs> you to the federal government. And, and I, I hope that she does it. If she doesn't, I mean, then, <laughs> then I'm really going to be miserable if she caves on this, but I still get the sense that this is just stealing her resolve. I agree. And I mean, we have to pray that she holds on the filibuster, but also pray that she'll be one of the only Democrats to vote against this uh, massive spending boondoggle that they're terming an infrastructure bill. But it's really, you know, like 10 percent of it is infrastructure. It's really the Green News scam, uh, abolishing right to work, the PRO Act. There's a ton of other pumped into there. You think she'll hold firm on that? That I, I'm going to check. I haven't checked I, because, you know, the way that they're going to paint that is they're just going to talk about the infrastructure. And right. here's another one of these things. There's no infrastructure could be an actual bipartisan thing. There's nobody on the right who doesn't think we could use some infrastructure spending. OK, if you're doing it on actual infrastructure. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> For modern society, we need stuff like that to be maintained, kept up, you know, modernized. And, and we're okay with that. But then they go, they do the Democrat thing. They try to take it too far. They try to hide. The, and a lot of this is the nature of the way bills get made still, that they're even allowed to do this. You shouldn't be allowed to, you know, hold military spending hostage because you're trying to get a snow cone concession for your local, you know, that kind of crap. I saw a number this morning that said, and I don't know if this is 100% accurate, that said it was only like 159 billion of the $3 trillion bill is for actual infrastructure. Yeah. It goes to that climate core that he's trying to create. You see that? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, oh, yeah. And it creates like, yeah, the volunteer climate core. Yeah, it creates like 10 different agencies. Yeah. I mean, the, the most devastating would be abolishing right to work and the PRO yeah. Act. I mean, yeah. that would kill millions of jobs right it's off the bat. It's Green New Deal white without calling yeah. it mostly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, and I agree with you, Cruz. I mean, like if it goes to actual infrastructure, like I'm all for it, I'm all for it. I mean, I mean, Adams, it goes back to Adam Smith said that, you know, keeping, you know, good roads and bridges was essential, was an essential government function, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's not doing that. So, I mean, what, <laughs> but, um, this is another one of those things. I think that if they try to shove the pro act through, I'm not sure that that's going to hold up under legal scrutiny either. Yeah, well, the, that's the other part of this thing is that they're definitely trying to put a lot of stuff into here that's not reconciliation eligible. So I think the All parliamentarian's right. going to toss out a bunch of that stuff. Yeah, but they could always overrule the parliamentarian. See, and here, I'm, just, I'm, didn't scrolling on the through, I'm scrolling through the GOP's social media right now, and one of the things that they should be talking about is that the infrastructure bill isn't spending money on infrastructure. They're hammering the border, which is good, but... I mean, that's, I'm usually not big on beating people over the head with statistics, but you can say, you can put the two numbers side by side. Here's the total amount of total cost of the bill. Here's how much it is actually spent on infrastructure. That's an easy optics argument to make, which the Republicans will probably utterly fail at making. Always, always failing at the messaging. Yeah. Real quickly here, obviously that bill includes a whole ton of other tax increases and like that. Uh, but one of the taxes that's getting a lot of attention that's suggested by our good friend uh, Buttigieg, they say Edge Edge, <laughs> he wants to tax how much you drive. You have any thoughts on that? Which he says now, he's backtracking saying he doesn't. After publicly saying twice in four days yep. that that's on the table and he was considering it. And now he's like, what, me, huh, what? I don't know. Did yeah, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, I love Brian Preston's headline on this. Pete Buttigieg's mileage tax is white supremacist. <laughs> that has been part of the leftist green fever dream for a long time is to tax people. And their argument is that then, then that's all how they're going to, that's the only way they're going to tax you because the gas tax isn't working. They're still going to do them both. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Someone yeah. tried to make the argument to yeah. me this morning that, oh, well, this will be the more efficient way of doing taxes. And then we can get rid of the gas tax. You're not going to get rid of any yeah. tax. That's it's like, it's like um, there are several federal highways around the country, portions of which get turned into toll roads too. So you're paying toll, you're paying state taxes, and you're paying federal taxes for that. 
when they're, you know, they're saying it's a user tax, you're just paying to use the road. Well, no, I'm, you know, when I was in California, the, the closest toll road to me was like 60 miles away. I was still paying for that. So yeah, it's, that's the whole thing. They're not going to get rid of any gas taxes and, you know, gas taxes have long been the way to sneak all kinds of shit in. You're not just paying for gas. You're paying a local hotel fee. You're, it's ridiculous. Yep. So they're not going to get rid of that because it's one of their favorite ways to hide shit. Again, hiding stuff. What they do here, yeah. they, here in the inside of the the vehicle tax, which is a personal property tax, which is theft in itself, and then plus the gas tax, they take that money and put it towards a fund for defense of illegal aliens. Yeah, that's what they do to defend against the U.S. government. Yeah. So we're taking local tax dollars and paying for lawyers for these illegals. Well, speaking of hiding things. <laughs> Oh, nice segue. Yeah. Let's let's talk about you know where's Hunter. It's it, where's Hunter segment here. Let's talk about Hunter Biden, the gun he had, the Secret Service, and the alleged cover up that probably happened. <laughs> What's your take, Cruiser? I don't have a lot of money, but I would put all of it on the fact that it did happen. Um, <laughs> it's we haven't been able to make Hunter Biden stick yet. I don't think we're going to be able to make it now. I think the whole crap that social media pulled before the election and everything that removed what him from the conversation, I think that now it's just, it's too difficult. I, I about it. I know it gets page clicks and everything. I don't think we're ever going to get any traction out of this. Yes. Democrats are hypocrites. That's not news. Um, they're really <laughs> hypocrites on guns. Hell, the reason that they can never get any of this comprehensive gun reform passed is because once you get into the heartland, most Democrats own guns too. Yep. And that's actually what I was going to bring up next was their push for gun control here with, you know, these shootings that have been going on. They're a lot less shifty and hiding and saying what they want to do now. They basically have just come out and say, yeah, we want to take your guns. But also nobody wants to take your guns. I love how they try to strike that balance. So do you think they're going to get anything done? You think Biden's going to do some executive orders? What do you think is going to kind of shake out there? I think the only thing they'll get done is executive orders. And I don't think most of them will hold up in court. And I, I, uh, it's, it's again, the same thing. There's this, this is part of a larger thing. One of the other reasons that I'm not as gloom and doom as everybody else is that the democratic party proper DC inside the beltway at their headquarters has lost its mind. That is not all Democrats in America. You know, we accuse the coastal liberals of, you know, dismissing the flyover people. And we're, we're running, a, we're, we're perilously close to doing that ourselves when it comes to flyover country Democrats um, who are not at all like D.C. Democrats. I mean, there's some polling now that shows they're not even, they're, 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 they're not as big on H.R. 1 as the, DC, as the party is. The, the party is running amok right now, ignoring the very people who voted for them. They're not just ignoring us on this side. They're ignoring, you know, Joe Ohio mm -hmm. and Joe Wisconsin and their wives. I'm sorry to be not including enough women there. And <laughs> Matt, Wisconsin. But don't forget so, the non-binaries in Wisconsin too. Yeah. So again, this is not a short-term thing. They're going to try to ramrod all of this stuff through, but I don't think it's going to play out well for them in the, in the long run. And, and I don't think they're going to be able to completely hijack elections between now and 2022. If the Republicans don't take back the House in 2022, all bets are off. Yeah. We're royally screwed then. So the GOP better be focusing on that. And I think they are. It looks like it's some of the money that they're spending already. I like they're targeting some things. They're targeting some vulnerable Dems. Um, when Trump, Trump starts swinging his pack around that money, that's going to help. I hope he doesn't focus at all just on Republicans who pissed him off. Yeah, I agree with that. But I hope he tries to bury some vulnerable Democrats with that money. But if the, if they blow the filibuster, don't you think they're just going to shove HR one right through? Probably, yes. Uh, Assuming that they can get cinema to go along with it, it, it. But it's soon enough that it can start getting run up the legal flagpole quickly. Yeah, try to get some injunctions. We saw last year, the problem is when there are changes in election law that are arbitrary, whether they're legal or not, that happened right before the election. Um, if this, there should be some time to, you know, this is one of the things. It's Trump didn't entirely remake the judiciary system, but he changed it a lot. There aren't as many radical Obama judges out there anymore. The Clinton judges are, you know, getting a little long in the tooth and a lot of them are retiring. Um, so 
there's a lot in the court system. I mean, it's, and it's a gamble to put your hope on that, but at least we've got that now. So, and the Supreme Court isn't a lock because John Roberts is a flake, but yeah. Um, so it's really a, it's not a six, three court. It's a five and a half. Yeah. Five, four at best on a good day. But I, so that's, yeah, I don't think a lot of this will hold up to legal scrutiny. And the sooner that they get some of this through, the sooner you can get it, you can file the legal challenge. Yeah. So, well, I'm hoping that Ninth Circuit ruling on uh, guns makes its way up to the Supreme Court. Cause I think that's that, not going to last. There's no way that's going to last. Um, yeah. At least that's what I thought. But they're always hesitant to take these big gun cases because yeah, they can't trust Roberts. Yeah. Hopefully, Amy Coney Barrett will step in. I'm hoping she like poisons his coffee at some point. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you wrote a good piece on this last week in the morning briefing on how Kamala, well, Joe essentially executed a bloodless coup on himself by now saying that go, you know, henceforth this should be referred to as the Biden Harris administration. How do you think that situation is going to play out? Because I know we've talked a lot about. You know, is Biden going to last? You know, we've did, we're taking bets on how long he's going to last. So what do you think? Well, I thought it was hilarious the last week he announced his plans for running for re-election. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, I don't know who put him up to that. I, you know, I thought that Kamala Harris wanted to hold out for two years so that she could do that 10-year thing. Because if he's in, if he, if she takes over with fewer than two years left, left in his administration, in his uh, term, she can then run twice. And right. if they fix the elections by then, she'll win. Um, so she can have 10 years in office as president. I thought she wanted to hang out till then. I'm going to say, and I've joked about it because I think it's fair game because he's president of the United States, but his decline is rapid now. It's worse from public appearance to public appearance. It's not like, oh, he looks a little worn out from being president and he's worse than he was in November. This week, he's worse than he was last week. So there's no way in hell he's going to last. I mean, that thing the other day about the masks where he's talking about we can't risk any more desks and he leans over and he's tired and he's, and he's like, this is not about politics. And then the week before when he's given the press conference and in the middle of it, he forgets what he's going to say and he just goes, uh, anyway. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this, guy's, this guy has left the building, okay? Joe Biden isn't there. You can be mad at Joe Biden all you want. Joe Biden isn't president. It's just this empty, you know, doddering grandpa who still has anger issues, which, by the way, are exacerbated by dementia. And, oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, yeah. So he's so I don't I can't I'm not going to put a time frame on it, but they, they're they're wholly unable to hide his decline. And nobody wants to talk about it either, of course. I mean, we do on this side of the aisle, but everybody right. else is over there pretending that he's, you know, what did I say last week in a tweet after his press conference? I said something like, let me let me summarize it, even though I didn't watch it. People on the right, oh my God, what a train wreck. People on the left, oh my God, <laughs> Aristotle reborn. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the question for me is, we know he's not running the government, right? So is this like a Politburo type of situation or is like Ron Klain, the chief of staff in charge or is Kamala in charge? Like who's making the actual decisions here? I would say it's probably Klain because you, you rarely hear anything about him. Yeah. Um, That's and, and, I, you know, and you know, like um, whenever it's a Republican who they say really isn't running things, they're always talking about the chief of staff and yeah. or vice president. So it's probably a bit of a committee. You can see that if you're looking for money and lobbies supporting things thus far, the green lobby is obviously exercising the most influence Yeah, in the first two plus months of this administration uh, because they've had a lot of money to spend and they weren't able to spend it during the Trump years because they knew they weren't going anywhere with that. Mm -hmm. So they're flexing their financial muscle again in quite a big way. But I would say it's probably a combo of uh, – Harris is probably giving her input. Some people – Ed Morrissey wrote something when he turned the border thing over to her saying, okay, they're officially prepping for the transition to her, or they've just thrown her under the bus. Yeah. And I said it's, it's difficult to read. I mean, either could be, could be true, but Both, yeah. I think it's 
little bit of both. I think, yeah. okay, we're going to give her this one. It's a, it's a no-win situation. But I think they want to get people used to seeing her in charge of something. Yeah. So I yeah. think I, th I so I think it's a little bit of both of that, and I think we're probably going to end up seeing her sooner rather rather than later. I, I I joked last week. He's so bad after that press conference, or if we're calling it a press conference. I mean, when you pre-scripted, he's he's got a picture book to tell him who's who. Jesus, guess <laughs> who? This guy's got the fucking launch codes. Um, yeah. <laughs> And he's got a picture book up there. I'm surprised he didn't stop, take off his shoes and start coloring. Um, <laughs> I, I said last week, I said, they've probably got the 25th Amendment paperwork in each room of the White House. Just in case. Yeah. Break glass. They're going to have to hit it in a hurry. Yeah, break glass in case of emergency. All of a sudden, they're like, you know, pre Mr. President, and he's over there going, card pop! You know, and <laughs> we're, we're getting bombed, and he's talking about the kids feeling his legs. So, it's <laughs> yeah, so I think sooner rather than later, we're going to see President Harris, and then God knows what they'll bring in for a vice president behind her. Well, speaking of Biden's, uh, yeah, I think so. Oof. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Speaking of his mental acuity, so someone or something on the floor in the White House, I'm not convinced it wasn't Joe Biden. I think it was Joe Biden. I think he forgot. Uh, I think that the one thing he probably gets one perk as a president is a decent fitting diaper. So <laughs> it probably wasn't him. Um, if, if there were Cheerios on the floor, yeah, that's him. Uh, <laughs> Rape nuts. Yeah, the you president in the Oval Office every day with a little bag, snack baggie of Cheerios and his Legos. And then, you know, they've assigned one Secret Service man to him just to keep him from choking on toy parts. And hmm. how about um, those dogs, though? Those dogs are a menace. Yeah, they got to be euthanized. Well, and it's a good thing that we know about them because that's the only thing we really know about this administration. The only transparency yeah. from the White House press corps right now has been hard-hitting questions about major and what's the other one? Well, the cra the crazy thing to me is that if this was a situation of, you know, someone else's dog, you know, biting someone like this, the dog would be getting put down. Yeah. Major goodbye. So it's more it's more it's a double standard thing for me. And uh, I'm not ruling out that the president may bite someone in the near future. <laughs> it's very possible. I'm sure that they keep everybody, you know, it's not really social distancing. It's just, you know, sometimes he gets nervous around new people and bites them. <laughs> well, they basically have to have Secret Service like lead him around as if they're like his visiting angel or some like that. I, I said this like this is. Again, he's fair game because they decided to make him president. This is on his wife, who is an right. evil for, you know, having her husband end his end his political career by, you know, great. He's got uh, finally gotten the highest office in the land. But, you know, it's just one public embarrassment after another. She um, is an evil. I was talking about that this morning. And then she can't even go out there. And pander correctly. Yeah, it's bad. That was bad. You, was, you saw that? Was that was painful. Oh. What did she say? It was like, si se puadwe. I'm yeah. like, dude, your party has been using this line for, for like, like 10 years, years Yeah, now. exactly. There was the Obama yeah. coalition. Well, but remember, she's a doctor. So. Yeah. And the only hard thing about Spanish is rolling R's. And there were no R's to roll in this one. Spanish <laughs> is very easy language to pronounce. I'm pretty so. sure that she has some experience in Spanish, whether it be like having taken classes or it being a minor or some shit like that, I don't know. I'd like that investigated. That's yeah. questionable to me. It, it, it's it reminded me of when Al Gore first launched his run for president, and he announced it in Spanish too, with that mushmouth Tennessee accent. Oh, oh yeah. God! My yamo Al Gore. And then, <laughs> and then Rush for the next several weeks. Rush would play that, and then as soon as he started playing that sound clip, he would have the beginning to Ricky Martin's La Vida Loca kick in. And it was one of the funniest things I ever heard in my life. That's what I miss about Rush is that he was, God, that he had a great sense of humor. I don't think people give him enough credit for that. Yeah, he did. I mean, and he was, he was 
so right about so many things too. I wanted to share this with you because I was thinking about it when I was talking about Biden biting people and playing with Legos. <laughs> Here's a tweet I wrote in, I did in 2012 when he was vice president. I said, at any point in the day, there's a chance your vice president is trying to remember how he got his dick stuck in a Legos Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> I never liked the guy. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's that's beside. <laughs> you know, there was a time when he was vice president where there were a lot of people on our side who thought he was fun and goofy. You know, he he, you know, the biker chicks on his lap. And the, well, that's just Joe. Then I said, I said, this yeah, that's true. Heartbeat away from the presidency. There's nothing cool about the fact that he's a spaz and can't control himself in public. But I knew I used to argue with people on our side all the time. They were dismissive. of, Oh, it's just Joe. Yeah, you know, he's and now they're all pretending that they all felt that way. No. There, and I'm talking about conservative people. I'm not talking about the squishes or the people who eventually went never Trump. I mean, everybody was, oh, Joe's just goofy and fun. No, he's not. He's an That's true. I think we talked about that last year at CPAC, uh, how, because at that point, I don't think he had basically sewn things up. And we were like, this guy could be a real threat just because of the way that people see him. And then they packaged him as the benevolent, epithetic grandpa. Yeah, the moderate, the moderate. Um, as, well, um, problem solver too. The problem solver. So that was the danger. There is that they were they were ignoring the fact that this guy is a hothead. I mean, when John McCain first ran for president, that's all you read from the left was what a hothead he was. Yeah, and his colleagues thought he was a hothead, and you know, there's there's evidence all over the place of Joe. The fact that Joe Biden has a hot temper and just yeah, I mean, he, can you imagine if? Trump had been out physically challenging reporters to push up, con you know, <laughs> the, the, the screaming and the weeping and the gnashing of teeth they would have done. It, it, and, you know, Biden's out there and he's, he's been testy with reporters on any number of occasions, all of which are on video. And they just completely ignore that because now they, you know, they, they go with the whole every, because everybody didn't think he was a bad guy before every Obama was the big evil and Biden was just a goofy sidekick. Yeah. Now, now he's got an evil sidekick and he's also evil. <laughs> yeah, this is uh this, I mean, it's going to be a rough year and a half, however far we're into this more than a year and a half. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're only like two months and a few days into this. <laughs> well, it's April. So it's, it's almost a year and a half until, the midterm elections mm -hmm. um, and the GOP has got to remain firm and, and hope it's, you know, it's, it's up to cinema again on this. Cause mansion is a weak piece of who will cave. And I still think that everything that they're going to try to run through is not going to, it will end up biting them in the ass. It's just going to suck. I hope so. I hope so. Have you been reading any of the Matt Gates story at all? Some of it, yes. Yeah, any thoughts on that's that? Like, that's like a weird novel, the way that started off. Um, and of course, he's... The, I, I mean, my suspicions were up right away because if you picked any Republican, they would most want to go after. It would be him, yeah. Yeah. So right away, my the smell test wasn't there for me. I didn't see if anything happened yet today because I've been busy with other stuff. So was there anything new today? Uh, not that I've seen, no. That's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But I think you're 100% right. If there was anyone they were going to target for something like that, the corrupt FBI would be that. A little yeah. too convenient for me. Yeah, uh -huh. it definitely is. And, um, the, and the FBI is corrupt. And that's one of the things that I lament about Trump is that, you know, Gay got rid of Comey right away, but he didn't. He should have just gutted the FBI. Yeah, um, should have cleaned him out. I agree. <laughs> That's one of the bigger overall mistakes. I mean, it's just not firing everybody in the government that he possibly could have. Yeah, I, 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 people were saying, well, you know, it, then the government can't run. Yeah, well, no, the government can't run. It doesn't need to run at the scale it's running at. Right, right. I mean, that, that's like for small government, libertarian-ish conservatives, that would have been like a wet dream for him to go in and just start cleaning house. Yeah. But, you know, if I ran the government, it would be in a warehouse in Virginia that was maybe a thousand square feet. <laughs> that would be the entire federal government. Yep. So you... that would, I, you know, he, 
he did a lot. The way that there was so much turmoil in the beginning of that, I really in the beginning of his presidency, I thought, oh yeah, he really is going to go in a clean house. But and I understand that he was probably being advised against that by <laughs> some of the people close to him because they're going, Mr. President, we need these people in to run this, this, that. No, I'm I'm all for the government being paralyzed. Yeah, yeah. shut it the f- down. I agree. Have you been following the uh, Derek Chauvin trial at all in Minneapolis? Some. I'm just, I like, ugh. that one I haven't been paying that much attention to. I read, we had a good piece on it last night that I read most of. And, I, but no, I have not been paying that close attention to it. Yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting one over the next few weeks because some of this evidence is uh, kind of opposite of what the public narrative is on the entire case, which shouldn't be that overall surprising given the context of it. But uh, I was surprised to see some of the pictures, like the toxicology report that came out. Uh, that's obviously been out for a while now, but you tie that together with some of the other stuff and evidence. And I don't think we're too far of a, of a leap from him being found not guilty, to be honest. Even on the, uh, the the lesser charges that, that the lesser charges may be guilty, yeah, but yeah, the problem that they have there is that they overcharged oh, yeah. for what the law in many out yeah. in Minnesota allows. Yeah. Well, actually, they properly charged it at first, and then they yielded yeah. the pressure. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Overcharge. Yep. But I, it's we're learning things about George Floyd, but you know we live in a world where you know everybody still thinks Trayvon Martin was a 12 year old with a halo around his head and, yep. and Michael Brown actually held up his hands and said, don't shoot. Yep. So um, it's not like truth interjects itself into these things very often. Um, you're hoping that the jury isn't yielding to pressure too much, but you know, they can be sequestered, but they've also just spent the last eight months reading the news Right, right. There's no way you're going to get someone who doesn't know about it. Yeah, so. I mean, in the uh, so that, that's difficult to figure out. And now you've got, you know, it looks like the New York Times is basically trying to dox the anonymous jurors. And because the press is evil in America now. <laughs> so you you kind of hope that they can remove themselves from that and look at the facts as presented. But, you know, what is truth anymore? Oh, yep. I, yeah, yeah. Was he an asshole cop? I'm 99% sure, certain that he's an asshole cop. Okay. Right. And some cops are assholes. I have, I'm still a big supporter of law enforcement because they're going out and you never know if they're going to get killed at work that day. And I've always been a big supporter of law enforcement, despite having been on the wrong side with them more than once when I was a younger man. But I still understand, I know that there are bad cops out there, but I don't think that he was trying to murder anyone i don't yeah it's just it, but the narrative again the the narrative does sink into people there are people like us who are paid to write about the fact that the narrative is bullshit but the average person out there even on the right who is just consuming this stuff all the de- time gets swayed by it especially older yep. people brainwashed there you know my mother's conservative but she'll sit there and you know, you know talk to me about something that day that she read or and i said that's not actually what's going on here mom yep and so the, the narrative is very powerful, which is the reason that I rail against the media more than I do anything else, because they're the ones who are pimping the narrative. So I don't know how much that sunk into any of these jurors. I mean, if you went and moved the trial to, you know, say Idaho, there'd probably be a better chance. <laughs> yeah. Um, not going to get to hit on foreign policy and Biden's mess that he's making there today. You know, you got Russian troop movements near Ukraine, China's on the march and North Korea is a f-ing disaster. But the one thing I did want to get your take on is something that Andrew Breitbart had always said is, you know, politics is downstream of culture. And that has really become apparent over the past, you know, few years, I guess you can say, is he was really ahead of his time on that. Over at CNN, one of CNN's breaking news reporters wrote this line in a piece about South Dakota's legislation on transgender athletes. It's, quote, not possible to know a person's uh, gender identity at birth, and there is no consensus criteria for assigning sex at birth. And Tucker Carlson had Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana on his show. As always, he had a hilarious response to this saying, quote, I mean, it's very easy to tell a boy from a girl. A boy has a penis. A girl has a vagina. And this is on the heels of 
you know, yesterday Biden announced that we're now going to pay for the military to have their chopped off now uh, with taxpayer dollars. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that kind of whole situation. Well, they stepped on their own narrative first because um, remember they were always talking about the difference between sex and gender. And now they're now they're rejecting the biological basis of sex, which it's purely biological. Yep. Purely. I mean, they've created this whole fluid gender thing, which is bullshit too. But the sex part they've always admitted was purely biological. Now they're going, yeah, YOLO on that too. (laughs) The transgender thing is in the culture is playing a big part in this because, you know, now you see it in television shows all the time. You do there's the estimates right now. And I think these are probably greatly overinflated or that it's point it's six tenths of a percent of the United States population are actually transgender or Mm -hmm. want or in transition or something that's like that's like a million people in a country this size still as a fraction of the population and i think that's greatly overestimated but that's just a personal opinion of mine but if you go and read anything right now see what kind of literature is being pimped see what kind of movies are out there see what kind of television is out there you would think that every third person you ran into is right. transgender right. and that is how they do these things. That's how they sell it. And, you know, there's got to be some pushback on that. And they, and I can't, I was going to write a thing last night. I, I decided not to, and it was going to be about the trans thing. <laughs> and I knew that I would offend people with it. It's not, and I'm not one of these guys that goes out there, you're sinning against God. You're going to, I don't know what the hell's going on in their heads. Okay. But I do know that there's a disproportionate amount of attention paid to them yep. solely to try to make the right look like hate-filled bigots when we're all going like, hmm, maybe just slow it down a little. Maybe just take yeah, it. right. Maybe just tone down the indoctrination yeah. and the liberal narrative just a tad. Maybe don't say he got 81 million votes. <laughs> or <laughs> maybe don't make five and a half and he still would have won. And right. Or maybe don't make my taxpayer dollars go towards someone chopping their dick off, which I fundamentally yeah. oppose. Yeah. <laughs> Especially watching South Park episode. You know, I don't think that's an unreasonable <laughs> yeah, request, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> where's it know. going to? Let's go and get my uh, my chopping off surgery. Well, f- you. <laughs> Maybe I'm just old fashioned. Yeah. But yeah, the left loves to say, "Don't normalize this. Don't normalize." It. Let's not normalize that. Um, yeah, I think, exactly. I think we need to start fighting back on the culture stuff a lot. Brian Preston and I have been talking about this. I'm going to write more culture pieces. I do VIP stuff that's just fun. Like yesterday, I railed against Peeps, which is fun, which was really good. Um, well, you got a problem with peeps? Peeps are horrible and read the piece. It's just yeah, terrible. Yeah. And I said, can, I can't trust you. We can have that debate another uh, time. Nah, we're well, running short well, on time. The, the, this is Cruiser's last appearance. We're running on the short on time. So. <laughs> peeps are garbage. If you're looking at a cat, here's what I said in the thing. If you're looking at a Cadbury cream egg next to a peep, it's like looking at the difference between a filet mignon and a hobo's foot. And I'm appalled that there are people out there who would opt for the hobo's foot. Um, <laughs> And All right. Well, if you're putting it in a comparison like that, then yeah, I'd take the Cadbury cream egg. But Peeps on its own have strong standalone power. Yeah, sure. If you like cardboard, um, <laughs> <laughs> if like if you like confectionery paper. Um, but and then the one before that, I reviewed Zack Snyder's Justice League, and I keep doing these for VIP. But I need to start doing some stuff more. And I think one of the ways that we combat that is to start writing things like I can write fiction, I can write scripts that not that don't have to condemn like transgendered people or anything like that, but they can they can in a humorous way play up like traditional gender roles. Yeah. Things like and we need to do more of that. I need to do more of that. And I'm going to try to do more of that. I mean, it's gonna, but we're going to have to look at like, do we want traffic or do we want me to be fighting this slog of a fucking culture war? No. Um, well, because it's so in your face. Stuff doesn't always pull in the traffic. Well, it's so in your face now. I mean, it's a full court press out of them. But why don't you go ahead and tell people uh, where they can find you and the tremendous morning briefing newsletter that they need to subscribe. Go to um, any of our sites at the Town Hall Things, and you can subscribe to any of the newsletters there. Mine is the PJ Media one. Obviously, it gets you the morning briefing sent to your inbox and our afternoon things sent to your inbox. Morning briefing goes live earlier and earlier lately. I don't know if you noticed this week, but I've been finishing yeah, that. Look at you beating the deadlines. Well, I, yeah, because I needed to start getting up earlier in the morning and working out because I weigh 17,000 pounds after COVID. Um, <laughs> that's you non-daylight savings time. We're um, out yeah, there. That's, so subscribe to that. Um, I do, I 
do a couple of things for VIP. Other, I do three things. I do a podcast twice a week, the Cruiser Commando podcast. I do Cruiser's Almost Daily Distraction, in which I try to write about anything but politics, <laughs> even if it's quick. I like Just, the qualifier, almost daily distraction. Like palate cleanser. You know, you're at the you're at the wine tasting. You need some crackers and some olives. That's the cracker and olives post for you. <laughs> I like, I like the qualifier of almost daily. Almost, yeah, almost. Because it's not. I I would like it to be daily, and that's a picture of me and my little sister standing outside our cousin's home in Cincinnati when we're kids mm-hmm. that I used for that one. But and I'm going to start doing more VIP stuff because you know it's we need that right now and. Like and I'll occasionally try to write some news stuff too. But every time I write a news story, the news changes five minutes later, and then I have to go amend it, and then I hate writing. (laughs) Well, that's a perfect segue to my VIP pimp here because if you want to help support us in fighting back against the radical left, Biden and his cabal of deep state leftists, uh, you can join Town Hall VIP or PJ Media VIP or become a gold member. You know, because then you get both. (laughs) you get all the sites uh you can go to townhall.com slash subscribe use the promo code triggered to get 25 percent off of your subscription and these funds go directly to paying uh, our salaries running these shows you know having good conservatives like cruiser out here on our site so thanks to all of you who have already become members and of course uh, if you'd like to email us to reach out you can do so at triggered at townhall.com any uh final notes to add cruiser you know what? Go the extra few bucks a year and get gold because that gives you everything. It gives you all the live chats. It's like it's, you know, and then I do with my colleagues, uh, Vodka Pundit, Stephen Green and Brian Preston every week, which I'm about to go do right now. We do a live Ask Us Anything video chat for our gold members for three hours every Thursday. So, yeah, that's a cool event. That's a cool event. So. Yeah, we've got our own branding now. We've got a we've got a banner um, we, we're sharing recipes in our MeWe group. <laughs> Seriously, we are. We're, we're, we're actually thinking of starting to do some videos to share to the MeWe group and maybe actually post for VIP of the, for cocktail recipes and food recipes. I bet you Vodka Pundit's all over that. Oh, yeah. Oh, he could do just cocktail recipes for a year and not run out of material. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Thanks a lot for joining us, Cruiser. We appreciate it. Always a blast. Let's do it again soon. Yeah, we'll have to get another crossover going on the Cruiser Cabana. So, yeah. Eat a peep. I'll be. uh... Don't be bashing on my peeps. What? I like peeps. I'm pro peeps. You're you're a bullshit. You're always saying that because I'm I'm sitting right next to you. All right, guys. We'll be back here next week on Tuesday for another episode of Triggered with uh, Colonel Kurt Schlichter. So that should be a fun show as well. All right, guys, we'll see you then. Later.